Hello and welcome or welcome back to our UEA Wellbeing podcast. My name is Rach, one of the wellbeing trainers here at UEA and today I'm joined by Susie. How are you doing Susie, all right? Yes, I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Um, Could you just uh, introduce yourself and your role at UEA before we get going? Of course, yeah. So, um, so yeah, so my name's um, Susie Shutt. Um, I'm a lecturer over in health sciences for physiotherapy. Um, and um, I also work pri- privately. Um, I specialise more in women's health and musculoskeletal. Um, so, yeah, so I've only just joined UEA. I, I started, I, I actually trained here a while ago. Uh, so it's nice to see some of the lecturers again on the other side. Um, but yeah, so I started here only recently and I've been an associate tutor with UBA for a few years now. So it's nice to to join the team fully and um, and yeah, and being a bit more involved with podcasts and that side of things as well. Brilliant. Well, thanks so much for joining me today. To let people know, this is a bonus episode and the theme for this episode is specifically around menopause. So we're going to be chatting about what it is, some of the symptoms and some tips for anyone experiencing it too. Before we do that, uh, we do like to start all of our episodes with our It's a Little Thing section. Um, So it's when we just ask you to share a little thing that you've done recently um, that's been positive and made um, a bit of a difference to your day. So what's your It's a Little Things for the last week? Yeah, perfect. Um, I love that you have this little bit in actually because it does, these, these little things make such a difference. So for me, whether again, um, you know, whether it's because it's been nice weather, but I was listening to a podcast and they were saying, actually, you know, the first thing we do when we get up in the morning is tend to look at our phones or some sort of technology. And I really wanted to move away from that because that is typically what I do. Um, so uh, I've actually just been getting up, going straight out at six o'clock in the morning, taking the dog out um, for a good hour's walk. Um, and it's been lovely. I've listened to the birds. I've seen the sunrises um, and I've really stuck to that routine. And I found that actually when I get back from the dog walk, feel like I've already achieved something for the day. I don't have to try and do a dog walk with a, a three year old in tow as well. It's, it makes my life much easier. And um, so, yeah, so I've, I found that actually that's been a really nice thing, just a really good routine to get into straight out, up and out walking um, and just having a bit of fresh air. So, yeah, it's been really good. I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, I really like that. I try to set the intention <laughs> yeah. every day to go for a walk, even when I work from home. So yeah. it's almost like a commute but just around the block, which sounds a bit silly, but actually the difference it makes to my day, as you said, that little thing um, is amazing, that mindset getting into the working day when I feel like I've had um, a little bit of commute. So thanks for sharing that. That's That's a really nice tip as well for anyone listening. It's no easy transition from it's the little things to menopause. So mm. <laughs> I'm going to do a n- nice segue in. So you're joining today to talk around menopause. It's one of these things that as recently, I think, started to be spoken about a little bit more, but I still think is largely um, quite misunderstood. So I think it's great we're having this chat. So to kick us off, uh, yeah, simply, what is menopause? Perfect. Um, so, yeah, so like you say, from the little things to the probably the slightly bigger things that are going on um, and hopefully will be even bigger things as we start to talk about things more and, you know, we start to understand more. So I think the important thing to highlight is that we're going to be sure to talking about female menopause because males do actually have a menopause um, but that starts in their sort of mid-20s and it's generally a little bit more subtle Um, so we're going to be talking about female menopause on this on this podcast. With menopause I was finding in clinics I was getting a lot of women that were had some very strange symptoms that I wouldn't be able to pinpoint to a particular diagnosis 
And menopause, I now see it as, um, as I've sort of done a bit more research into it and, and read up a lot more, done a lot more training on it, I sort of see it now as a bit of a continuum. We always think I've gone through menopause, I'm, I am menopausal, or a lot of women don't even know what it is. So I break it down into three things. So you've got pre-menopause when you have your regular period, your regular menstrual cycle. Um, you have perimenopause, which is where you can start to get very subtle changes. So it doesn't even have to be necessarily you have your menstrual cycle and then it stops for a few months and then you might get another one and it becomes really obviously sporadic. It can be something as simple as it can just get a little bit lighter or you might start to find that it might just be a couple of days that you start to notice one month it's a bit shorter, one month it's a little bit longer. Um, and it's knowing what's normal for you because obviously all women are very different with their cycle. Some women do have very clockwork cycles, some women don't. So that's why I always think trackers and keeping a log of things is really useful because it helps you understand your body so much more and what's going on. Um, but perimenopause, you know, can start, it's very normal for it to start from your mid 30s and from age 35, it's classed as very normal, um, which I'm now 33. So when I started learning about this, I thought, gosh, I wouldn't have even been thinking about menopause. We always think about when we're much um, you know, when we get sort of closer to our 50s, but actually it can, you can start to get symptoms a bit younger than that. And um, so your, your perimenopause is just subtle changes in your cycle, and you might start to also get some of the symptoms that can come with menopause, which we'll, we will touch upon. Um, and then you have postmenopause. So this is when your menstrual cycle, you don't have a menstrual cycle for over 12 months, you are then classed as postmenopausal. And I think what's important to highlight here is that some women, I think they say on average, it's about seven years that you can have symptoms after your periods have stopped. However, for some women, they do get symptoms a lot longer. You know, we're not all textbooks, um, so it's not always as, as clear cut as that. Um, and some women do get symptoms for a lot longer than that. So you have your pre-menopause, your perimenopause, and then your post-menopause. So I see it as a bit of a continuum. It's like one big journey rather than you're just in the cycle now of menopause. And there's about 13 million women uh, in the UK that are in the age group for, for menopause. So there's a lot of us out there. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thanks for breaking that down as well. I think I've never really heard it explained so clearly as that and also um I know we won't talk about it today but I think after this I'm going to do some reading up on male menopause because that's mm. uh, a new one for me as well um you started to touch on this a little bit um but obviously there might be some people not actually aware of what they're experiencing and that it might be menopause so what are some of the symptoms that someone might expect to see as you said everyone's different so I imagine it will be quite far ranging as well yeah, so um, there's there's still lots they're learning about menopause because the great thing with lots of publicity about it is that generally then, you know, lots more interest is generated and then we have a lot more projects that are, are looking into all these things and we learn more about it. So um, I'm not going to talk about the really obvious ones. Most people, when you say to them about menopause, they know about the hot flushes um, and most women all know about brain fog as well. That's a very common thing that, that's talked about. Some of the things I'm going to highlight are the things that are probably not noticed so much but are commonly um the commonly affects females with menopause so um pain is a big big thing so about seven out of ten women will get pain so whether that's joint pain muscle pain tendon type issues pain is a really big thing um that can affect a lot of women through menopause 
Um, and it's all to, you know, like I say, it's all partly to do with our hormones. Um, hormones have a part to play on nearly every part of our body. So I really wouldn't underestimate them. Um, and it is often overlooked because, you know, we always look for other diagnoses, but actually it can, menopause, hormones will definitely contribute to, to that. Also things like your skin can change, so it become quite dry, quite itchy. Some women might find that they become a little bit more sensitive to the sun, those sorts of things. Um, so just be mindful of sort of skin hair changes, hair becomes a bit thinner and not quite so bouncy, unfortunately. So, um, so it's those sort of subtle changes. Um, migraines, headaches, again, they can be associated with it. Heart palpitations, um, I think the important thing to anything you know I say make sure that you've spoken to your doctor about it because there's lots of reasons why you can have heart palpitations you want to be sure that it's nothing cardiac or you know anything more serious going on so I always say to people definitely speak to the doctor or your GP about it just to rule everything else out um, and if you're around that menopausal age it could be that actually it's, it's more to do with hormones and also cholesterol cholesterol some women might find that their cholesterol really suddenly goes high for no particular reason. Hormones help to regulate all of your cholesterol as well. So they have a part to play with that. Um, so yeah, so there's there's lots of different symptoms that women don't know about. I think I've read varying things. Some say 35 different symptoms up to 49 different types of symptoms. Um, there's a lot that they're still looking into, um, but those are the more common ones that I tend to see in clinic that perhaps don't get talked about quite so much. A lot, basically. A lot, yeah, there's a lot, so don't <laughs> underestimate them. <laughs> a lot of symptoms. Uh, yeah, I wasn't aware of um, the pain aspect, but that makes a lot of sense when you talk about the sort of fluctuating hormone levels. Mm. And you kind of alluded to this a little bit um, mm. around with brain fog, but also, I guess, considering hormone changes as well. What might be some of the impacts more specifically with mental health then in relation to menopause? Yeah, so obviously brain fog is a big thing. And the the phrases that I very often hear women say to me in clinic is, I feel like I'm losing my mind or, you know, I feel like I'm going a bit mad or, I'm, you know, I was in the car the other day and I suddenly thought I don't know how to drive the car. And it's those sudden blocks that, that people get that are really quite frightening, actually. Um, and I think that then can obviously trigger anxiety as well, because it's something that, and I've had women that, you know, have had not had fortunately you know not had any mental health things throughout their life and then suddenly they start to get to around the menopause phase and they suddenly get this overwhelming anxiety and they don't know what to do about it and it just comes from nowhere so anxiety there is science behind it so your hormones help to regulate the serotonin and the endorphins that we have in our brain um, and there has actually been some research done here at UEA with some of the amazing um, researchers um, on you know um, cognition and our memory um, and how that is impacted with things like HRT whether that makes a difference so yeah anxiety is is, is quite a big thing the scary thing as well is that um, the highest rates of of suicides and females is between the age of 50 and 54, which happens to be the average age of menopause as well. So I think there's some query as to whether then there may be a bit of a link there. Um, and yeah, so I think it's, it's something that a lot of women do get and some women will be happy to look at managing that through their GP and with medication. Some women prefer more conservative, what can they do to naturally help it? Um, which is probably where I then tend to see a lot more women 
um, and try to sort of help guide them a little bit more with that. But yeah, anxiety is a, there's science behind it. It definitely affects, you know, the neurotransmitters in our brain. It affects our chemicals within our brain that make us feel good, that give us motivation, energy. So when that starts to drop, of course, it's going to have an effect. So I think it's important to know you're not going mad. Definitely talk to, about it and just explore what options there are that you can do to try and help manage that. Yeah, and I think just the awareness in itself that that is going to potentially be a factor is 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 helpful isn't it because otherwise we're not taken by surprise suddenly to be like yeah. you know well, I'm suddenly feeling like this it's like to know that that might be a symptom in itself can be quite a reassurance I think Definitely. um and you kind of alluded to um some tips around you know definitely sort of reaching out going to GP what are some other tips perhaps for anyone experiencing menopause that might help them yeah so um i suppose focusing a little bit more on mental health anxiety brain fog those sorts of things because i sort of always think symptoms are a bit of a cycle as soon as you get one it can trigger another thing and then you end up in this cycle where it becomes really hard to know a way out really so um I suppose I would always say, like you say, to, you know, have a chat, have a chat with a GP about whether HRT might be something that you're interested in, you know, taking um, just to help your hormone levels a bit. Um, if that's not an option for you, because there are certain people that can't because of medications or or health history um, or, you you know, you're not keen to consider that, then, you know, explore the more conservative um, methods. So it's as simple anything anyone can do it it's free it's exercise obviously being a physio I'm going to say that but actually there's science behind it you know there's so much now to say simple little things like me getting up in the morning and going out for my six o'clock walk whether it's 20 minutes whether it's half an hour doesn't have to be far doesn't have to be fast but just doing some exercise um, and again I think the difficult thing for women find is that if they do start to get pain or if their tendons become a little bit more niggly so to speak because that does happen during menopause um is looking at the types of exercise you know not expecting yourself to go straight in to do a, a you know a high intensity session or you know doing a, a 60 minute spin class or something that's really high level that's quite tough that even you know even i would struggle with those sorts of things it's doing things in a really graded way but also knowing that things like yoga or pilates mindfulness doing some breathing exercises and really looking after your brain as well as your body um is actually just is just as important and has just as many benefits so um yeah i think we always think we've got to be doing exercise at 100 miles an hour and really get sweat on and feel like we've done a good workout but sometimes it's the gentle things like going for a walk yoga swimming that are actually just as beneficial and obviously we know that exercise helps to release those endorphins and promote sleep um, so again it encourages a better cycle rather than being stuck in this this cycle where it becomes quite difficult to manage those symptoms yeah and I guess the other thing with exercise is you're taking back a little bit of control aren't you because actually there's yeah. so much happening to the body that we're not in control of and actually yeah. exercising is a is an active choice with actually doing something that's going to help so I think that maybe can feel more empowering in those moments as well definitely and I think this is where sometimes it's quite useful when you do see physios and because you know a lot of people when they get pain they they don't want to exercise they don't want to do anything sometimes they stop um 
And actually, because, you know, they're worried they're going to cause more problems or, you know, or a word I often hear is I'm going to cause more harm, which is quite often if you, like you say, if you're educating people, right, so they know that actually this isn't going to cause harm. This is what we need to do to get out of this cycle that we're in, because if we don't change any of that, then these symptoms aren't going to change. So it's looking for smaller ways to do it. In, and if you're under a physio, it's great because you'll have a bit more guidance with that. Um, and knowing what to do, how to do it, and getting that reassurance from you know somebody who specialises in that is is um, goes a long way, definitely. I've also heard um, about diet and menopause. Mm. Is that something that's quite important then? Yeah, definitely. So again, I mean, UEA has done research on it on like the Mediterranean diet and the effects of that around. There's lots that's coming up about the Mediterranean diet. Um, I always say to women as well. So when women go through menopause, they 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 lose their muscle mass a lot quicker. Um, so for us to stay, you know, conditioned and for us not to get muscle injuries or tendon problems um, is a little bit more difficult. But sometimes supplements can help. So I encourage women to really look at what they're eating and, and you know, being honest about it, because we could all say, oh, you know, I don't really eat any chocolate bars or anything, but generally most of us do. So it's being honest about it with yourself. Um, and looking at what you're eating and if you're taking any supplements, you know, it might be a time to start looking into things like taking some vitamins or um, even things like protein, upping your protein, because that will help as well um, with muscle recovery, muscle regeneration, which in turn makes it easier to exercise and then makes us feel better. So it all has a knock on effect. But yeah, really getting I encourage a lot of women around menopause to really get to know themselves and you know, really become aware of simple things as like how they move, what they eat, how their typical day is, what routines they have. Yeah, that's some really good advice. And I think another thing I was thinking about then is there's so much information out there, um, an increasing amount around menopause now, which is great. But obviously there's a danger, a bit of misinformation as well, potentially as well. And it sounds like education is quite a key part of someone sort of increasing their awareness and helping themselves to sort of navigate this. So where could someone go to maybe get some more information or potentially more support as well? Yeah. So, yeah, there's there's lots of information out there, especially when something becomes a bit more on trend or people are talking about it more. Um, I really really like Dr Louise Newson. she does lots she's a GP she's based in London she's done lots of research and she also has um, an app which is free which is nice it's called balance app um, and it just helps to um, I suppose because like I say every woman is different so all their symptoms are very different but it just there's little tips and tricks on there so how you can manage those things with really simple changes um, You've also got the British British Menopause Society. So they have some great free resources that you can like some infographics. I'm all one for like pictures and making things you know look nice and very attractive. So they have some really nice infographics that are really easy to look at and, and to understand. So I tend to direct people to that just even for advice as well. There are um, if people prefer listening because I love listening to a podcast. So I'm always looking for, for different podcasts that are out there. Um, so, I mean, Dr. Louise Newson has done quite a few podcasts um, and she also has a great book, which is called Preparing for the Peri and the Postmenopause. Um, it's a penguin book. It's so easy to read and it covers everything. So every woman tend to, I tend to see in clinic, I'm like, you need to have a look at this book because 
you would sit there and go, oh, yes, that makes sense now. Oh, yeah, I get that. That makes sense. And you can really pick out the symptoms that you get and know what you can do about it. So it's really nice and simple, the book. So, yeah, I would sort of probably direct those those people to that way. Amazing. Um, and I guess as we're sort of finishing up, are there any sort of key takeaways or sort of final thoughts around menopause? Yeah, I think I think the more we can we can educate ourselves, the better. And like I say, um, I think keeping a track of your cycle is really important um, because a lot of women will get to a point they're like, well, I think my period was like three months ago, but I'm not sure. And actually, it's probably six months ago or it might have been longer because time does fly by. So. I would say definitely um, to, to track your cycle because it can be very subtle in the early stages. Um, really know the symptoms of menopause. So just do a little bit of reading and, and understand that for yourself because it'll help when it does happen, it will help you then manage that better in the longer term and know what you can do about it. Um, and also, you know, like I say, if somebody's saying to do exercise, any of us physios where well, we encourage it, it's not saying that you've got to go out and start doing you know, crazy amount of exercise. It can be really small little changes that also impact then your your mental health, your well-being. So it, think of it like that cycle. You've, like I say, you've got to change something in that cycle for you to be able to get out of it and actually start to make a difference. And, you know, we know that there is lots of benefits of it. So, yeah. Brilliant. And I think that's really nice full circle back to small changes. It's the little yeah. things as yeah. well. <laughs> so, <laughs> lovely. Um, thanks so much um, for chatting with me today. It's been really interesting. I've certainly learned a lot and there's a lot that I want to go on from this and some read up on as well. Just as we're finishing up though for our listeners, you can also check us out on social media at UEA Student Services. And of course, most importantly, remember, you do not need to manage alone. There are people here to support you throughout your time at UEA. Uh, so thanks so much uh, for listening. Thanks, Susie. Thank you. Cheers, everyone.